Hello everybody, uh, my name is Will Kauf, and this is the Silver Emulsion Podcast. And uh, when I was trying to figure out this week's intro, I kept coming back to the fact that I needed to acknowledge Donald Trump's uh, election to the presidency. Uh, this obviously is not a political show, it's a movie show, but this is something that sits... Um, It doesn't sit right with me at all. I'm scared. Sad. I'm terrified for the loss of rights for people that that may be happening relatively shortly. There's already been um, thousands of hate crimes the first few days. I'm just worried that that Donald Trump uh, could be the next Hitler. I, I don't know. I'm scared. But I know that living in fear is not the answer. So I'm going to try to have a good show and try to be upbeat. And for that, I need a little help. One, two, three, take it down. Welcome, everybody, to the Silver Emotion Podcast. My name is Will Count. Part time. And let's get this shit done. Part time. everybody it's uh, episode number eight of the silver emulsion podcast and uh today i i don't have anything uh to be featured i'm not gonna do a list of horror movies or whatever i just uh wasn't feeling i'm not feeling it and if i'm not feeling it then i'm not gonna do it uh but i am gonna run through a few things so hopefully uh, it turns out to be a good show. Also, um, part of the reason why I'm not feeling it is the last two have been like two hours long. And while I don't mind having a long show, you know, I don't care. I, I do actually care. <laughs> I do care because um, I, I don't really want to be talking for two hours straight tonight. So uh, let's just get into it. Um so feedback i have a message from uncle jasper and that's the only little bit of feedback feedback hey the feedback the feedback <laughs> back 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 the feedback i don't know i'm just <laughs> i'm fucking tired so jasper has this to say about the last episode he says i totally agree with your opinion on ash versus evil dead First episode was great. Every episode after was eh. Although it does pick up again during the last few episodes. In Army of Darkness, Ash is equal parts badass and dumb. But I feel they went overboard with dumb Ash here. And he doesn't get enough moments of badassness. Dumb Ash is okay with me and does kind of fall in line with where the character was headed in Army of Darkness, but he's still a competent-ass bad motherfucker. Whatever. Like you, I will support it and continue watching because it's Evil Dead, and it's nice to see such a major part of my childhood back in some form. And... Batman vs. Superman was pure garbage. One of the worst superhero movies ever. Zack Snyder is such a talentless fuck who turns everything he touches to shit. Fuck him and his mama. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel, Jasper. (laughs) Wow. Well, I mean, you fucking laid it on the line there. Um, just to go back and kind of respond. Um, I yeah, uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. I finished the uh, the first season, and I I would definitely agree that 
there is a, a slight pickup towards the end. Uh, the last, I don't know, maybe two, three episodes, something like that. I don't, I don't remember. Something like that. Um, it does pick up a little bit, but but even those episodes are still. I mean, there's a high level of kind of eh, just like jankiness. I don't know. There's uh, there's some really good ideas in that part that I like a lot. Um, but then it's like mixed together with all this modern shit that I don't like. Uh, so, but that's Ash versus Evil Dead. So I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> the one thing that I really didn't like <laughs> was the way that it fucking ended. <laughs> it's just like it's like probably about halfway through the the last episode i thought to myself man there's no fucking way that they're gonna tie up all these threads before the end of the episode there's like 10 minutes left or some shit and guess what (laughs) they didn't (laughs) no they they it it's weird i don't want to spoil it um not because it's some grand uh, thing worth not spoiling, but just, you know, in general, I, I would prefer to not spoil. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's like they build to this fucking series, fucking season climax or whatever. They build to this big finale, and you kind of see it coming a couple of episodes or if nothing else you know you know that that this is where it's headed i mean i don't know they even they mentioned i think one of the early things probably pretty early in the series um and you kind of go to that over the course of it um so anyway the the whole series has been building to this point and then it gets there and they clearly don't have enough time and instead of like cutting it off and leaving you hanging on this like oh shit what's gonna happen they take this fucking horrific right turn to like it almost in like a tacked on kind of way and then it's also a cliffhanger so and that they didn't know they had a second season uh, when they were making it as far as i know because I remember halfway through the when they were airing it, they announced like, "Oh, we got season two. Woo!" <laughs> that, that was actually a an audio clip that I just played of Sam Raimi. Uh, oh, we got season two. Woo! <laughs> there it is again. I just played it again. <laughs> um, But yeah, like I, it just seems like a ballsy move. I mean, I don't know. But but yeah, definitely picks up a little bit in the in the in the end. Um, I would agree also that they go very hard into dumb Ash, and badass Ash is is left behind a little bit, in part because he's older, I think. But. What bothered me about it, about him not being more badass, is that when he has his moments in Ash vs. Evil Dead, he's still, like, just as fucking dope as he ever was. And even though he hasn't fought any of these things, the Deadites in, like, I don't know what the actual year is counted. It's like 30 years or some shit. 25, 20 years, whatever. A long fucking time. He still has all of his shit in his little trailer, like at the ready. In the first episode, I think, he is when he uh, hits the, like he has a floor button to shoot the fucking shotgun up into his hand and all that. Like, so he's, he, he's, invented and rigged all this stuff to be ready to go and he's clearly able to still do it without any kind of problem so using the excuse of he's oh well he's kind of old now so he's not as badass and it's like i don't know he's still clearly pretty fucking dope 
so yeah, you know. I don't know. I think they just wanted to write Ash more dumb um, so that well, because because they're making it, it's a TV show, so they have all the supporting people and and stuff, and and specifically because now Ash has like a team, and so they had to give the team moments, because like, it's not just Ash jumping around by himself anymore. Uh, so just inherently, it's it's a different style it's a whole different ball game uh, let's see what else did he say yeah no but uh, like like uh, jasper here i i love the dumb ash of uh, specifically army of darkness he's really dumb in that one. he's some stupid shit but it, it it's uh I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's different in Army of Darkness than it is than it is in the show. In the show, it's I don't even know that I can describe it. I'd have to think about it. It's just a weird. There's something slightly off about it. About most of it. There's some moments where you're like, oh, that's fucking classic Ash, but then there some other stuff is uh, kind of questionable. And then, yeah, Batman versus Superman, yeah, it's a fucking total piece of shit. Um, it, it's, it, yeah. <laughs> Fuck him and his mama. <laughs> Alright, so I don't have a feature, and I'm not going to pull one out of my ass, so <laughs> let's just uh, move right along into... Is it good or a piece of shit? I don't know which is it. Is it good or a piece of shit? I don't know which is it. Okay, so the first movie up is a 1980 movie called The Strangeness. This is a, a very, very low budget horror movie. And uh, it was actually not, it didn't get distribution until 1985. So when you look it up on, if you were to look it up on some kind of internet movie database, if they have such a thing, uh, it, it would say 1985. But it was shot in 1980. And if you watch a lot of 80s horror, uh, it will seem much more like 1980 than 85. Um, but it's super low budget, so I don't know that it, that really carries any weight. So what is The Strangeness? It is a movie where a group of people are going down into this abandoned mine. And to be completely honest, I don't remember why <laughs> they're going down in the mine. I, I really don't remember. They're going down in the mine. They're not miners. They're uh, they're trying to like check something out. I think they closed up the mine because there was something down there that like the, there was a rumor that there was something down there that that killed some people, and so then they shut it up. And then somehow, and I don't really remember how these people end up going down this into this mine to kind of uh you know investigate it or whatever anyway so they go down in the mine and you guessed it there is a monster in the the mine lurking among the mine shaft that might sound a little bit like alien where uh the the alien is stalking the space truckers uh through the corridors of the spaceship but the strangeness is uh, nothing like Alien in any way, shape, or form. So, <laughs> the movie was made for 25 grand. And I didn't know that when I was watching the movie. But I had, it's pretty clear that it's really low budget. Like, um, <laughs> at one point there they went to the ocean 
again, I don't remember why, but they're they're at the beach. And they're having all these dialogue scenes on the beach, but it it literally sounds like they have the fucking mic pointed like right at the fucking ocean. <laughs> so all you hear, I mean, you hear the dialogue too, but <laughs> over the dialogue is this just you know, fucking waves crashing and shit and it's all trebly it's not it's not good recording because it's just some cheap fucking mic or whatever <laughs> so it's all shitty and for the most part it's really boring and slow like um there's not really any drive to it, it there's not a lot of horror to it uh until the end and like the the dialogue like it doesn't matter <laughs> they talk a lot but they're just talking about bullshit that, that, that doesn't really matter to the audience or to them or what like it's it's dialogue that that uh, kind of sounds like they're trying to sound like real people that have like a life behind just these moments that we're seeing but it's like, like like there's no context to it so it it doesn't there's nothing to like pull you into it it's just like listening to a bunch of people talk about shit that you don't know anything about and like with no entry points so it's just it's pretty fucking mind-numbing um but but I ended up kind of liking this movie for a very specific reason. So while I was watching it, it's very clear that it's low budget, as I mentioned. And one of my thoughts was, wow, this is uh, like right made right around the time of the first Evil Dead. So Evil Dead 1 was... 1981 this was shot in 80 um so you know same time same year roughly <laughs> uh, close enough and so my my thought when i was watching the movie was just like oh my god like i i talked a little bit on that show where i talked about evil dead where where i, I was i've always been very impressed with the 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 movie that came out of that low budget circumstance those low budget circumstances that Sam Raimi uh, was working under because they really I mean they turned out one hell of a movie just you know without any kind of resources really and so I was thinking like oh man this the strangeness like Evil Dead could have been like this just kind of shitty and like you know like competent enough photo uh, photographically and you know like it's it's not it's not like uh unwatchable but it is kind of <laughs> unwatchable but evil dead is just this fucking masterpiece that holds up you know i mean for me i don't care about anybody else but so that le that led me to find out that the budget was 25 grand and while i was finding that out i found out that um a good portion of the film's mine sequences like most of the movie they're underground in this mine and it's all dark and they're cave walls and stuff like that like um, and there's one, there's there's a few shots in there where I could tell that the the cave wall was a constructed wall. Um, if you've ever seen the, oh god, I can't remember that guy's name. Richard Elfman, is that his name? It's Danny Elfman's brother. I think it's Richard Elfman. Uh, yeah, that's him. Okay, so it's a Richard Elfman movie called Forbidden Zone with Hervé Villachey. Uh, it, it's like a real famous cult, cult movie. And that 
primarily takes place underground as well and like the all the underground stuff is very clearly just a set and they have like crumpled paper or whatever as the cave walls and so when i was watching um i think i think forbidden zone is after this though forbidden zone is like 82 or something isn't it no 1980 okay well about the same year then um so yeah i doubt they influenced each other anyway so i i could kind of tell that but it, it didn't look bad it just i i kind of look um in, in movies especially low budget movies i kind of look for the seams um not because i'm trying to pick the movie apart but i I, I like the technical aspects of filmmaking and as my reviews, my written reviews uh, generally show. Um, but I really like those aspects. So when I am watching a movie like this and, and I can see something like that, unless it's really bad, um, I, I enjoy it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's how they did this or whatever. Um, but in this movie, I just kind of thought, I just saw it and I thought, wow, that's, that's interesting. It reminds me of Forbidden Zone. So then when I was researching the movie afterwards, it cost 25 grand and like, like the majority of the movie was actually shot on these homemade mine shaft sets that they made in the director's grandparents' garage and backyard so in the garage they, they you know like they made this whole uh, couple of like interior uh, cave rooms and stuff and hallways and shit and and the director says that they could shoot it from a few different angles and it would look like a whole different place and then they lit it really well so that it looks like a cave and they really did a fantastic job of that. So it's really impressive when you know what, it, like, oh, that's just some dude's fucking garage in the valley. <laughs> yeah, like, when you know that, because the whole movie is basically underground, and I didn't know that it was in some guy's garage. I thought, for the most part, I thought they were underground, and then I saw a couple of walls, and I thought, oh, well, maybe, you know, they had a, they had a few sets, but, like, some of this stuff is definitely in a cave, and and some of it is. They did shoot some of it on location in, in some caves, but uh, for the most part, it's actually in these makeshift sets that they made in the garage and in the backyard. So very impressive, right? So then the other thing that really impressed me, or not, not impressed me, but just made me think more of the movie is um, as the movie goes along it and it slowly kind of reveals the monster the monster is done uh, 100% I think 100% I don't know I'm gonna say that and then it's actually you know oh well there was somebody you know, Whatever, nobody's gonna fucking say anything. <laughs> Who gives a shit? It's a 100% stop motion. <laughs> so anyway, this fucking stop motion thing, it has like little tentacles and you see a little stop motion tentacle come out or whatever. But by the end of the movie, you finally see the full monster. And this monster is really, really quite unique. What it looks like is kind of this thick uh, it's very hard to describe I mean it's easy to describe but it's hard I think to paint an accurate picture of it so it looks like this big thick penis but the head is uh, on the on the top of the head like like uh, where well, I don't know how to, <laughs> again, I don't know how to describe it. Like, uh, but on the top of the head, there's like this big, 
fucking vagina <laughs> looking thing and it's all oozing and shit and then there's all these tentacles and stuff that it has so as soon as you see that it's just like holy whoa <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> because the rest of the movie there's not a lot of weird shit like that so then all of a sudden like the monster is this fucking horrific looking uh, <laughs> thing it's very strange um so so i saw that i saw the movie ended the movie wow what a weird fucking movie right and then I, when i was looking it up i noted that the director's name when i looked the movie up in uh, IMDb or Letterboxd or something. The director's name was Melanie Ann Phillips. But when uh, when I watched the movie, the movie, like the titles, were under a different name. And that name is David Michael Hillman. So, as you might have uh, guessed, the director had a uh, sex change. So that's fine. I'm not no judgment, um, but I was immediately intrigued by the idea of a movie where these people go inside of a cave, which is traditionally uh, a symbol for a vagina or a symbol for the mother or the female and then they are assaulted by uh, a monster in the cave um, and that's kind of the thing with with the, the, the when the hero in that goes into the you know like symbolically the hero goes into the cave and um, one, one of my friends was telling me about this a number of years ago, so I don't know that I'm going to remember it right, but there was something about if the cave is, is a welcoming sort of cave or, or place, um, then the, you can assume that the writer has no problem with women. His, he, his relationship with his mother was fine. But if the, the cave is all rocky and, like, fucking dangerous, then they have kind of this negative uh, subconscious impression of women and, and just the idea of uh, the mother and stuff. They might have a bad relationship with their mom. So, uh, you know, that's playing around in my head. And so now I know, like, okay, this this director, at the time that he made this, he was a man so he's kind of probably dealing with these feelings um, and then so based around the cave and then at the base of this cave or whatever the ultimate goal of this cave is they find this monster that is a combination of the human sexual organs so you know like immediately the movie becomes more interesting to me because uh it's like a look inside this person's psyche and it's not a good movie it's really not a great movie there's a lot uh that's not very good about this movie um it's really boring for the most part but uh it's it's really interesting. Now, the one thing that kind of screws me over on this um, sort of oh, uh, looking into this 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 person and you know this movie says so much about them. Um, the the monster was actually designed by uh, one of the co-writers, who uh, at the time he designed this monster. Uh, he was a uh, still closeted gay man and so when he designed this thing with the like a scary penis monster with the vagina head that 
and the vagina part is real kind of like nasty <laughs> and like gross with all this fucking ooze and shit coming out of it um you know it's very clearly like you know he's dealing with his own sexuality as well and so you've got two two major uh, cr creative forces making this movie together and uh both kind of dealing with these sexual issues sexual identity and stuff so the movie's not great but i find it very interesting and intriguing uh based on you know it's it's kind of a raw look into their psyche all right so so that's the strangeness um it's a piece of shit but it's it's an interesting piece of shit so on the heels of batman versus superman i watched the the marvel movie uh, captain america civil war and <laughs> it's better than batman versus superman uh but it's <laughs> it's not a whole lot better uh it's definitely a crowd-pleasing kind of a movie it's upbeat it's colorful it's bright you know it's they shoot it in the daytime <laughs> whereas batman is like the whole fucking movie was at night and everything is all like on fire and shit the whole movie <laughs> it's just really dark uh but but civil war a lot lighter and uh but <laughs> It's light, but then it's also super fucking serious with all these people talking, <laughs> all this fucking, oh, you gotta register or whatever the fuck and sign these things, and I don't know, <laughs> I didn't give a shit, <laughs> and that's probably the my main <laughs> takeaway from watching these two movies back to back, is like, I don't really care anymore, I, it's like, they're fun. They're okay. Like there's there's parts that I liked about Civil War, but like I don't know. I just don't care anymore. They're so they're so like uh, predictable, and especially with Civil War. Even before I ever saw the movie, even before there was a poster, they said, "Hey, we're gonna do Civil War," and you know you know right away okay so civil war was captain america versus iron man basically on two different sides of this issue i never read any of the comics but i know enough, I, I know that and so knowing that and knowing that marvel is already scheduled like God only knows how many movies into the future with these characters. <laughs> there's no like there's no suspense. You know that they're gonna end up at the end of the movie being friends. <laughs> uh you know, so it's just like I don't know, the fucking movie starts and it's just like uh who gives a shit? So they're, gonna, they're gonna do all this talking and they're gonna fight and <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, none of it fucking matters. And so, they don't do anything interesting with the plot. It's just basically that. There's a little fight, and then, you know, they just keep fighting for a while, like, verbally. <laughs> and then they fight physically, you know, and I don't know. It's basically just talking, and then they fight physically, and then they talk some more, and then there's some more <laughs> physical shit. It's just fucking, I don't know it's not very good and it's it's not very well made like uh i mean it like the effects are good and all that is is fine but like the just the direction and the action uh like the editing and they shoot all of the action with the the saving private ryan shutter speed uh, visual trick or whatever to make the action kind of choppy and visceral but like 
every movie that did that after Saving Private Ryan, I just thought like, oh God, come on, man, that was cool in Private Ryan. It really worked, and it was, it was an effect that had an effect. But now that it's in every movie, it just looks shitty. So now it's just the trend, but it it doesn't look good. But they're the they have a fight outside on. Uh, it's not a runway, but wherever the fucking planes are outside the window at the airplane, at the air, what the fuck do they call airport? <laughs> Jesus. And, and the fight has a lot of fun, inventive things within it. And I liked that fight a lot, especially the Ant-Man stuff. Um, I didn't particularly like the Ant-Man movie. I thought it was kind of whatever. It was all right. Um, I didn't like that the, like, the one Mexican character was a thief. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, come on, man. <laughs> Why didn't you make him Ant-Man? I don't know, it just bothered me. There was other stuff that bothered me too, but I don't remember, and I don't care really to remember. Um, but the, all the, the fucking talking and fighting and talking and fighting, it just... It all boiled down to uh, reminding me of this thing that I've always said about comics is that they're soap operas for men or boys or whatever, whoever's reading and, and into it. And so, like, that's all this fucking movie was. It's just, it's just like this drama of the week shit that, like, it starts one place and then... I mean, I guess it ends at a different place, but I, I don't know, like, it's just, it's just forgettable, it's just who gives a shit, and it doesn't, I don't know that it, it moves anything forward closer to uh, Infinity Gauntlet, but most of the Marvel movies don't really do too much forward movement towards that infinity gauntlet most of them it, like they'll they'll involve one of the gems kind of not really outwardly because they don't want to telegraph it too much for people that don't know but um none of them are like really interlock like you know they call it oh this is fucking phase two but none of the movies really matter to each other. Maybe one thing or something. And, you know, like, oh, the Phase 2 movies, they talk about the destruction of New York. <laughs> like, And that's the one fucking unifying factor. Like, who gives a shit? Um, and so that really has soured me on these movies over time. And they're still fun, and I'll still watch them. But I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking care. And, and uh, at this point, I'm pretty done with modern movies like i just i don't know <laughs> like almost everyone i see this is how i feel about it so although there is there is a movie that i watched later in the week that i absolutely loved so i don't know do i have anything else to talk about this fucking movie fuck this movie <laughs> it was all right i don't know i didn't like it at all though <laughs> and fuck Spider-Man in this movie. I mean, he's probably the closest to actual comic Spider-Man. I don't know. He, he probably didn't joke enough for me. But, like, other than that, I mean, he he's a kid. And in the comics, he's a kid. But just seeing that on screen, this fucking kid. Uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> and And, you know, whatever. I don't really care. I got Sam Raimi's Spider-Man if I ever want to watch Spider-Man. <laughs> and that's good enough for me. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call it shit, honestly. <laughs> um, so next then I want, I rewatched uh, the great Hammer Horror film. The first legitimate uh, Hammer Horror movie, Curse of Frankenstein. I've never read Frankenstein, uh, so I don't know exactly uh, the setup in terms of characters. 
but Curse of Frankenstein has has uh, the Doctor working with a partner um, to develop um, new theories on medicine and stuff like that. And eventually they, they, get, they get to the point where they're trying to reanimate stuff. And then um, Frankenstein gets, gets kind of obsessed with building a body and, and resurrecting that. And the partner is kind of like, eh, I don't know. I'm not really on board with this. So, uh, if you've seen the Reanimator movies, that sounds a lot more like Reanimator than straight up uh, Frankenstein story. So, I wonder if Reanimator was influenced or, or you know, based on in part uh, the the idea of behind Curse of Frankenstein. Also, I should add to that that I've never read uh, the H.P. Lovecraft, Herbert West reanimator stories, so I don't know what the setup of those are. They may have been based on Frankenstein in part, and Frankenstein, the book, may have this partner character, and, you know, I don't know. But I don't remember that, that partner guy being in the Universal movie of Frankenstein, the 30s one. I don't remember that. Maybe he is. I don't remember. Um, but anyway. <laughs> so, if you haven't seen Curse of Frankenstein and you like Frankenstein, fucking see it, because it's dope. Peter Cushing plays Frankenstein. Uh, Christopher Lee plays, plays Frankenstein's monster. And it's really great. It's really fucking good. I love it. It's probably my favorite uh, adaptation of Frankenstein that I've seen. I'm not super big into Frankenstein, but but I love this one. I really love this one. So, uh, yeah, fucking watch it. <laughs> next. That's a short one. That one's definitely good. Um, so the next, and this is going to be the last movie. So, hey, maybe I will get in uh, under an hour. Uh, the last movie is a movie, a modern movie, and it is from 2014. So 2014, it's directed by uh, a Frenchman. Is he French? I don't know. I should probably check before I just say that. Yeah, okay, he's French. I don't know. <laughs> Well, like I pretty like I was pretty sure he was French, but then I thought, well, I don't know, maybe he's like Algerian French or something. <laughs> I better check it out before I just drop facts. Um, but anyway, it, it's directed by the French director Luc Besson, and it is a movie starling, starling <laughs> starring Scarlett Johansson and Morgan Freeman. And a Korean guy named Choi Min-sik. And it's called Lucy. And I don't know about you, but when Lucy came out, I didn't hear a lot of great things about it. I heard that it was okay. I heard that it was kind of shitty. I heard that it could have been better. I heard a lot of shit like that. And by heard, I basically mean read, because I don't really talk to people. <laughs> um, so, anyway, it, it was a lot of kind of half-ass slash negative stuff. But I, I still kept it on my radar, because A, uh, it's... I, I, it's a little 90-minute action movie uh, with Luc Besson behind it. I didn't know he was directing it at that point. Um, I just thought he was producing it like the Taken movies. And I love Taken. And, and even the second two, <laughs> Taken 2 and 3, those are shitty. But I, I don't know. I still enjoy them. I don't know that I could watch them again, but 
they were good for what they were, just little action movies. And so I thought, well, whatever, you know, this is a little action movie. It's uh, Scarlett Johansson, you know, I don't know. Let's do it. Who cares? I don't care how shitty it is. It's probably fun. But what I didn't know is that Lucy is also, and not even just half-assed, not, not even like a little bit or just little elements. Lucy is like straight up a sci-fi movie. And I'm a big sci-fi person. So like if I had known that, I don't know if I had known that I would have tried to see it earlier. But I mean this movie is like the real deal, sci-fi. It has all these crazy ideas. It's not scared to push them as far as it wants to go and then go even farther. It's just it's like it <laughs> the fucking movie starts and it already starts like almost like mid-scene where this guy is trying to like he's he's trying to convince Scarlett Johansson to take this briefcase into this lobby of uh, like a hotel and say okay send up for Mr. whoever I got his fucking briefcase and then she's supposed to make the handoff and then leave so that starts that's like the first couple of minutes and you're just thinking like okay so you know the beginning of this little action fucking thing and then as it goes on it slowly gets weirder and weirder and shit you know subverts expectations and stuff and so it's really you know interesting and then it just keeps it keeps pushing it out further and i didn't know that it was gonna go into sci-fi like i said so when it went into sci-fi i thought like oh that's cool they're adding a little element <laughs> that's nice that'll be you know that's fun and then they added another one and another and like and it just kept getting more and more and more and more sci-fi and I was just so fucking on board. I just loved the shit out of it. And and they pushed it, like, so fucking way out there that, like, I can guarantee that if you showed this movie to, like, a hundred people, it would be the type of movie where, like, if you told, if you told the group of people, um... Watch this movie, but if you're at any point, think like, if at any point when you're watching the movie, you think, oh man, that's dumb, or like, oh, that's too much, they pushed it too far. Like, if if you think that at any point, walk out, and just as a test, like, I guarantee that you might have a couple at the first edition of sci-fi because some people just fucking hate sci-fi okay so you lose a couple people and then as the movie goes on eh, you lose a little few stragglers here and there and then you get to like this one part and you know a good portion of people are leaving now and then each like progression you get more and more and then by the end of the movie you probably have like one now i mean i'm not that unique <laughs> it's probably like five people i don't know a few just a small few because it, it really goes just all the fucking way out there. And it's great. It may not be for you, but it was definitely 100% for me. I fucking loved it. I, I would say if you got 90 minutes and you don't mind uh, a movie that gets fucking nuts. And like, uh, it's not the type of movie to, to watch it. And then nitpick it or just be like fucking science nerd where you're just like, oh, well, you know, actually that wasn't very possible. You know, <laughs> like if you're going to be like that, then don't fucking watch it. Um, it just push it out there. Just just uh, open your mind. <laughs> Literally open your mind and fucking uh, use your brain power. I don't know. I'm not making any sense. But if you see Lucy, maybe it will make more sense. Um. Uh. So yeah, fucking Lucy was dope. I I, I thoroughly loved it. So that's gonna be the show.
if you can't tell, I'm fucking beat. I'm so tired. Like, I can barely get this shit out. I can't even imagine talking anymore. So, uh, I'm going to call the show at this point. Um, oh, I didn't pick out an ending song yet. Oh, well, I'll have to do that. <laughs> A little inside baseball there. <laughs> So uh, I'd like to remind you that uh, if you have any feedback, uh, send it in to my email at will at silveremulsion.com or, uh, you know, leave a comment or whatever you want to do. Get in contact. And did I do this part? No, I didn't. Um, upcoming on the site this week, uh, I, I'm back with a couple of reviews. Up first is the Jackie Chan movie Rush Hour, the, uh, the his return to America movie from uh, whatever year that was, 98, I think. And then uh, the Shaw Brothers movie for this week is going to be a Cheng Che movie starring Alexander Fusheng called Na Cha the Great. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's the show. So, um, be well. Be kind to one another. Um, uh, hang in there. Uh, this this is this is only temporary. Suffering is a part of life, and uh, to 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 remove suffering from your life, you have to uh, accept it and know that it is a constant. Um, I don't know. Adios. Well, I'm looking the world over Looking far off into the east And I see my baby coming She's walking with the village priest I feel a change coming on the last part of the day is already gone We got so much in common We strive for the same old end 